Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable. Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. Welcome to episode 41 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast, the only active Wakefield Trinity podcast worldwide. I am your co-host, Jamie Robinson, and fresh off the back of his very own podcast, I am joined by my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson. Welcome, dad. How are we doing? Hello and welcome. Welcome back to this week's podcast. Another Monday and here we are again. We're on number 41. Uh, this week we go back to the 90s. Well, sometimes a little bit of the 80s as well with one of my favourite eras uh, in Trinity. And tonight we welcome one of the heroes of that era, era a good mate of mine. Uh, I followed his career all the way through, Richard Slater. Slats, thanks for coming on, mate, and welcome. No problem, Lee. Uh, hi, Jamie. And like I said, just before we came online, uh, it's an actual privilege to be, to be asked and I was a little bit overwhelmed when I got asked initially, and I was very apprehensive about doing this, but um, you, you've sort of put me at ease uh, when I spoke to you, and uh, a few of the lads have called me as well to say, you know, don't worry about it, it's all good, and uh, just just do it. So, uh, yeah, here I am, and, and again, thank you very much. Superb. So, we've mentioned already, we've actually had a lot of that class of 92 on, who, who won the Yorkshire Cup. We've had that, like you say, Gary Price, Gary Spencer, Nigel Wright, we've had Bagsy on, we've had... Obviously, my dad on as well, physio as well. So we've had quite a lot of you on already. Just before we even fill in, that error means a lot to the players who were involved in it, doesn't it? And, and you seem still quite a tight-knit group to this day. Yeah, we we are. That's exactly what we are, Jamie. I think, you know, that goes into a lot of the success that we had uh, during that era as well. Um, you know, we, we we used to love playing against the big teams. Uh, and, and more often than not, we came, you know, got on, got on top of the, the big teams as well. And that was purely down to... The camaraderie that we had, you know, and to this day we're still together. You know, we, we in fact we've got a meeting coming up soon uh, down London to go down to see Nigel, me, uh, Speed, uh, Gary Spencer, that is, and uh, John Ray, Andy Wilson. Um, who else is on there? Uh, I don't want to miss anybody out. Uh, Ian Jowett is on there as well. So you know, there's a few of us uh, still catches up together. Um, Mark Conway couldn't, couldn't uh, do it; he's on holiday. But again. We all we all meet up on a regular basis, and uh, and that's the beauty of it. You know, only the other week I bumped into Gary Price uh, down at Wakefield, and somebody who I didn't get a chance to play with at Wakefield, uh, but I played alongside him at Jude was Andy Fisher as well. So not that area, not obviously of that area, but uh, speaking of those guys, I have a lot of respect for that 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 particular time when I was at Wakefield. Uh, it, it meant a lot to me. Those plays mean a lot to me still to this day, and and every one of them had had. I'd help them out in an instant if I if I could. Super. I had to rise. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, Slash, you mentioned you've listened to a couple before, but I asked the same question. The first question is always the same question, mate. So what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words Wakefield Trinity? Uh, pride. Um, I have thought about that question, and, and it's the first thing you ask. And it, it, I thought about what could I say and what, what should I say, and I just thought, you know what, just say what, what you feel and, and I feel a lot of pride in the fact that I had an opportunity to play for Wakefield um, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic club it still is a fantastic club I know people keep talking about the ground and all this and other but ultimately it's what's inside that club and, it, and it's the people inside the club that, that count and, and the fans um, when I was there and, I, and there's still a lot there that when I was playing as well still watch to this day um, they make they make the club 
And, and so, yeah, a lot of pride and, and, and a very privileged to, to have had the opportunity. Good stuff, man. I know you're a Normington lad. Tell us about your upbringing in Normington. Uh, I know when I first met you, you used to come down with your dad. Alan was a big influence on your career. Tell us about your upbringing in Normington as a, as a young man. They are, I have a great upbringing. I have to say my mum and dad uh, let us want for nothing. Um, we weren't, you know, we weren't um, affluent. We, we, mum and dad were grafted hard. Um, so I had, a, we, you know, I had two brothers. I've got Martin who played at Wakefield Colts. Went on to side for Castleford um, before moving on to Featherston. His career unfortunately dissolved a little bit uh, when he moved over to Featherston. And then obviously I had my eldest brother, Carl Slater, who played football. So my dad and, and Carl were footballers in, in their sort of heritage. And then me and Martin went down the overball way for, for whatever reason. And um, But yeah, I, like I say, mum and dad did everything for us. Took us everywhere, as you would expect. Um, and my dad, he was... Uh, an all-rounder when it came to sports. So, you know, I had that great heritage in front of me to to uh, call upon, you know. He instilled that, well, just looking at Dad, he just, he, he, you know, he instilled that uh, inspiration. Yeah, and listen to the stories about Dad, um, you know, it fills me pride even to this day now. So, uh, yeah, um, I had a great upbringing. Good stuff, man. Tell us about Normington now. I'm not sure they'll call the Knights when you played, but I remember you signing back in the 19, late 1980s and you came from a very successful junior Normington side. What's your memories of that team and that time? Mate, uh, I remember that, that side uh, very fondly. Um, it was a very successful side, like you said, and we I think we lost one game in that whole season, I think, and I think that one game was in a National Cup to the Lee Miners. Um, who held people like uh, Gary Conley in, in their team. And I believe they went on to win it. I could be quoted as wrong if somebody uh, probably checks up on that. But I don't think we lost any other game all season. We were coached by uh, Dave Finch, uh, ex-Castleford forward. Um, and uh, he put a lot of belief in us all. In fact, at one point, I was actually going to pack in rugby all together and go play tennis. I used to love tennis as well. Um, God knows how it affair, but, um, you know, I, I probably smashed more rackets than I had of... Uh, own, but uh, Dave Dave taught me around. Tom has come back to to, to play at Normanton, and um, I did. And we, like I said, we had a great, a very successful side. And I think a lot of the players went on to sign, if not further their career uh, or prolong their career. They a lot of them went on to sign on professionally. And, and I dare say, you know, when I talk about myself being fortunate, there's a lot of them players that could have easily uh, played in front of me. Um, every single one of them, I dare say, you know, some some fantastic players. Matt Webster came from that team. There's a guy called Sean Guy, Richard Amshud, Jules Fisher, Jamie Gunn. Uh, that's just to name a few. Jason Timmins, uh, who actually signed at the time when I signed. So Jason was uh, the centre that everybody's chasing at the time. And uh, Wakefield managed to get his signature, a big signing for Wakefield at the time. And I just happened to tag along, really. I think I was uh, buy one, get one free. And... Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's how it came about. But yeah, it was a, a very good side. And uh, again, it's a team that I keep in touch with regularly, you know, some of those players. What position did you play in that team? Uh, I think very much like what I started at Wakefield, really. I think I, I'd never got anything. Um, I wanted to be a halfback, but Dave didn't see me as a halfback. He saw me as a fullback. So then, so that's where I played uh, for that successful season. And um, I think that's where I got signed on as. However, you know, um, through Ian Brook and, and Dave and uh, Tiger, they, they, you know, played me in multiple positions. When I first got to Wakefield, I think the first game, 
I'm not, I couldn't honestly tell you who the first game was against, but I know I, I played half-back and I had an actual nightmare. And I think it was Rob Moles that had to come on and uh, replace me and uh, sit down with Richard and uh, let's wait while the next game. And let's, uh, that's welcome to the professional game, really. Did you have any, well, did you have any junior honours? I went through schools. Did you play for any uh, Yorkshire? No, uh, no I, I played in each of the Wakefield, uh, Wakefield district sides. And, and that's that's as uh, as far as it got really. Like I said, I I was just I was just lucky to be to be offered the opportunity. Um, Dave Dave I must thank Dave Finch a lot for uh, giving me that opportunity. He, he had a word with Dave Topless, and and I'm so grateful to Dave and Tiger uh, for giving me the the opportunity to to sign on for for Wakefield. But I was just a, a kid who was just playing the game because my mates played it. I love playing it. I love playing with mates. And um, yeah, and, and I, I never really expected anything of it. Uh, I would never scouted or anything like that. So when the opportunity came to to sign for Wakefield, I jumped in a heartbeat. Well, you've you've asked that question, really. I was going to say to you, how did you come about signing for Trinity in '88? But like you just said, uh, you're just playing the game, enjoying it for fun. Finch had a word with Topo because obviously David Topo was from Normington as well. Yeah, mate. Yeah, um, and, and uh, everybody who comes on this podcast and anybody you talk to will say, you know, how much of a, a great guy Dave was, um, how much of an inspiration has been to them. And and I can honestly say that that's what it has been for me. You know, if Topo and Tiger hadn't have probably left um, Wakefield, I would have probably have said I'd probably still been at that club at that time. Um, but things, you know, things go the way they do. But yeah, Dave, Dave was a big influence on my career um, when I got eventually signed. And I've always tried to maintain that every coach I've played under, they've all, every one of them have had an inspiration in my career at some point, you know, from my first ever coach in Alan Hunter down at Half Acres to, you know, guys at Normanton, Mickey Brennan, uh, Kenny Loxton, uh, Dave Finch, you know, I, I could go on and on. And um, I think it's important to recognise what the influences you've had uh, in the past. Yeah, very much so, mate. I agree. So, when you kind of come talking about your debut, you know, at Leeds, 1988, <laughs> chucked in the fire, mate, weren't you, more than anything else? How, how did you feel about that? That was exciting at the time. Uh, what I remember about it is not, not a great deal, apart from playing ball to, to Leeds, I think it was. And Yedl yeah, will probably be able to help me out more than that. I believe it ended up on the back of, I was I was a squad, I think I was 18th man, and please, Lee, step in and, and quote me if I'm wrong, but I was 18th man. I believe there was a, uh, an incident that involved Andy Mason who couldn't get to the game. Um, so then I got chucked on the wing. And, and I think for the first first set of six, um, we did all right. And I think after that first minute and a half, I think maybe it was even two minutes, um, they kicked down to us. I got the ball. And uh, I think it was welcome to welcome to the big game. The Lee Crooks uh, took me out. So the funny thing about that is my brother, my eldest brother, Carl, was queuing to get in to, to watch him. He couldn't get in because obviously Leeds was always a packed, packed crowd, wasn't it? And um, every time he got in, I'd been, I'd been taken off. Your dad, your dad said, no, it's come off, come off. No, yeah, not the best of uh, uh, yeah, introductions. Were you, were you a nervous player? Did you get nervous before you played games? Um, I'd be lying if I said no. Uh, I, I think it's good to have some some kind of nerves because it's your nerves that keep you you focused. Um, they all say that you know 
surely better players said that they don't get nervous, but I, I'd like to, I, I did generally like having those few nerves inside me. Uh, don't matter who you were playing against, I would firmly believe that there was a job to do against that opposition and the, the person opposite me might make me look an absolute fool. So I was always out there to stay focused and switched on. And uh, yeah, um, I did that. I did get the nerves. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I enjoyed having them as well. If I didn't have them, then I think there was something wrong with me before the game. Over the next kind of season or so, mate, you, you, you played the odd game in the first team, but you kind of learned your trade under the tutelage of the legendary Ian Brook in the A team. Tell us about what Brookie means to you. Oh, uh, again, you know, like I was saying about Dave initially, but you're right, Jamie, the tutelage were through Ian Brook and, and Ian, so much patience and time and, and what he did to, to that whole team, the, the, that academy team that coming through at that time. Um, I think we went on to win uh, to that competition at the time and being such a great guy he's, he had well his, his career speaks for itself but as a coach as well we were just patient and, and, and taught you in the right manner and and, and uh, totally different to Tiger I have to say the the way they uh, they managed people uh, was totally different than my management um, but that's not to say what Tiger did didn't work also uh, but Ian what so he's such a nice guy and, and to see him when I go down to the game, uh, I've always got to give him a handshake because I've got so much, um, you know, th thanks to him and, and respect for him for for trying me out in many positions and he kept trying me at standoff and I don't know why he kept trying me but um, he, he persevered and then even Topo fell into that at some point and tried me, I think it was at St. Helens and Leeds a couple of times uh, to, uh, yeah, to not much uh, joy. Thank God for Wrighty and uh, other standoffs that came through. Every now and again, we'll sit with him at a game and his knowledge on the game still to this day is second to none. He, he can reel off anything. He can explain why someone missed a tackle or why someone hit a gap like they did. It, it, his knowledge is, is almost second to none as well, isn't it? He's sharp. Ian's still sharp. As a, you know, as sharp as a tack to this day. You, you talk to him and, him and, and uh, Neil Fox, you, you can talk to them both and they know the game inside out and, and that's what made them quality players because they can read the game and and, you know, they always say, you know, they already get, you know, your mind's still there, but your body isn't. And Ian and, and Neil's, their minds are still there. And they can they can read the game without a shadow of a doubt what people should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. Um, but it's not rocket science either, is it, sometimes? Uh, and I think we, we maybe try to think too much about the game instead of just doing the basics. Talking about influence, Slats. Kind of the season after 1989-90, uh, uh, once again, another legendary figure, Mr Perpetual Motion himself, Ray Price, came to the club. Did you pinch yourself when you first heard the news? Oh, mate, again, because I, would, I, would, I wasn't really a rugby league follower. I just, like I said, I just played the game. Um, but, of course, I knew about Ray Price when people around me and my mates who I, who I knocked about with, um, they were like, Ray Price going down and... No, they were buzzing more than probably I was, but when I got to know Ray, it was phenomenal. You know, he he, he just is. It was that exact word. His his his, his character name, the perpetual motion. That's what I learned from Ray. If if nothing else, you know, the tackling. Everybody says, "Oh, Ray taught you to tackle." Ray didn't really teach me to tackle. You know, that was playing in the back garden with my neighbour Roy Appleyard, who was an ex-professional. You know, and playing alongside Nigel Bell. You know that you pick up ideas about tackling from those guys. Um, Ray taught me about, you know, mental toughness. I was a, I was a halfback slash fullback and 
I got asked to play loose forward, and I was like, really? Um, but Ray came up to me, uh, you know, said he'd look out for me, and, and uh, getting to know Ray as I did playing alongside him, I had no doubt that, you know, that he would look after me. And uh, so, yeah, it was just things like that, the, the mental toughness and that continue to keep pushing, no matter what the score, no matter, you know, where you are in the game, um, just keep going because it's them little differences that could either win you the game or, or sneak that draw or anything, but just just don't give in. And, and that's that's one thing I've always taken, just don't give in until you hear that final whistle. You talk about mental toughness, mate, but like we go back to physical toughness. We've had this conversation in the past. When I I've just I've just dug out your A team debut, um, and it was just I was just I won't test you on the team because there's there's various <laughs> players that I don't remember. But um, you, you, the squad was Julian Russell, Jace yep. Timmins, Gary Thornton, Ian Jowett, Richard Kelly, you were halfback, Ian Hughes, John Thompson, Neil Kelly, Gary Price. But I've got little notes next to it with the injuries and actually carried you off three times injured. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the stat. Is that just one game? That's one game. I yeah, carried yeah. you off three times. You got a crack on the eye, you got a, you twisted your knee, then you got kicked in the balls. Yeah, right. Like so that, said, was, that was your debut when Rob Mould came on in the end. Yeah, that's right. And who were that against then? Lee? That was York. York away. Yeah, York. And then we had Huddersfield so, away a few days later. So again, um, as I grew older and, and you know, playing alongside the, you know, your Keith Raines, your, your Johnny Thompson's, the Nice Bells, not just Ray, but, you know, Ray was a, a big influence on me, you know, just about that, that perseverance and, and keeping moving. But um, coming through that, through the uh, the A team and, and playing with the, alongside those those like minded guys with the mental toughness and that's what it was all about back then. We played eighty minutes of trying to show that we weren't hurt. Unfortunately, I didn't do a that good job of it, but I did get better. And like I said, the mental toughness did become much more better. I sometimes think sometimes now we're looking at the modern get day game that we sometimes spend eighty minutes trying to prove where we have been hurt just so we can get that cheap penalty. Um, I, I don't like that that part of the game, but yeah. Um, I did get, I did, I did get stronger. Um, I said to you the other day in a text, didn't I, about you're like my uh, runner in cricket. You know, um, you'd be on and off more times than than what was, should have been necessary, really. But I got better. But it was the way you built. What were you about seventy odd kilos back in the day when you first signed? <laughs> yeah, I put about eleven and a half, twelve stone. Yeah, um, I but think. You, but you played as though you were fifteen stone. I think that's where the injuries came from. Yeah, but I just, you know, I. I got, I soon learned what I could do good and, and that was probably just like, a, you know, a little rat chasing people down and uh, trying to tackle them. And um, and I learned, you know, do what you do, do well and try and work on the other stuff. And that's where Ian, Ian initially helped me and, and the top one Tiger, but, you know, the skill side of things, they helped me out. But tackling, it did seem to come naturally to me. Um, it wasn't something that I, I practised. Uh, it just... It just they were there and, and I didn't mind I love chasing it and, and I got more out of tackling than I did uh, attacking and in fact that was my form of attack in, in defense really mm. um, but yeah so so with that came came the injuries I guess yeah well you had a season oh yeah you, you were you played eight games in that season when Ray Price played but the following season obviously Topo said right now's your time in 1990-91 you played 32 times but you played in five different positions. Did that bother you? Or were you just happy to pull a shirt on? Yeah, like I said, Lee, you know, I had I had no preconception about being a professional rugby player. And then when I got given the opportunity, my drive was to be work as hard as I can, train as hard as I can, and be be the best you can. 
no matter what position you get played in. Um, and it was just it was great to be given the opportunity to to play with the the, the players that I, I was playing alongside on the pitch at Bellevue in front of the the quality fans that we had uh, and we have that to this day. You know, um, I just loved it. I just I loved every second of it. And uh, I think you talk about the five positions. Were they full back? Yeah. Um, centre, yeah. standoff, yeah. scrum half, yeah. moves forward. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one more, and I, I think I did it for one half of the game. I think uh, the Tramit uh, hooker ones, and I think <laughs> I gave an interception pass and Tiger said, nah, that, that's not for you, mate. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the, the hooker was in there, but I just loved it. I just, I'll, I'll give me a go and, uh, and I'll have a go. Uh, but obviously, as, as my career developed, I became more of a a back rower, and I did start to put a little bit of power. I think heaviest I ever weighed was probably 13 and a half. <laughs> you know, what, what do you do? You just get out of there, don't you? So you also put a 1990 York Cup final. Any standout memories from that day? The Cup final? Um, yeah, probably just that ball sticking that first try when uh, Nice kicked through. Somehow, uh, you know, it weren't, it weren't planned. I think listening to Wandy and Brookie on the commentary, they said, oh, it's a planned move. It weren't a planned move. Uh, nice kick through. I chased, chased ball hard. It stuck in my hand and um, I, I managed to, to get under the under the post. Uh, and it Is that was, 92, though? I'm on about 1990. Oh, sorry, the 91. The sorry. Castleford game. Yeah, the, the, the main thing I remember about that, and I came on from the sub, were, were pushing them very hard at the, at the back end of the game. And uh, now, uh, there was a scrappy ball past to uh, Gary Price, and he tries to shovel it back to me, and I, I knocked on. He and did, that's that's the only thing I can remember that game. Yeah. Well, that sticks out in my mind. I, you know, I watched the game, and I think you know we did. I did this, I did that. But if anything, that sticks out in my mind. I think a lot of players will tell you the same. It's the it's the things that you do wrong that stand out more than sometimes the things that you do right. And that was one of them. And I thought I'm just blowing our chance of, of winning the uh, the Yorkshire Cup. And that, that should have been ours anyway in the, the end of the day, but it was a fortune missed, I'm afraid. Yeah. Were you the type of player to carry the over slats or by the next game you kind of brushed over it and you wanted to move on? Uh, yeah, I tried, in my career, I, I tried to brush them off and, and just move over, Jamie. You know, I think it's important you do that, otherwise you can dwell on it. And one thing, when I, I, I got into coaching, Johnny Amateur, and I spent a little time away for a while, you know, if you make a mistake, so if you drop the ball, try and do the next three or four tackles. You take your mind straight off it. If you miss a tackle, try and take the next ball. You know, and again, that's that's the heritage of the players that were playing around at that time. Again, Johnny Thompson's, you know, wouldn't let you wouldn't let you dwell on it. You know, there's no way they made me pick my head up and, and get on with it. And, and a lot of players of that era, that's what we were like. We were there for each other's backs, and um, you, you know, you never felt you never felt like you are. You, you were sort of the odd one out, you know, you were, if I did it wrong, I know I had another 12 players inside me that were going to help me out and then vice versa. But yeah, in terms of dwelling on mistakes, nah, get rid of them. But when I look back on my career now and people talk about my career, I remember, I remember more of the mistakes I made because they just sort of stand out more than anything else. I know we've touched <laughs> already and, and we'll touch on it when we get to the 92 game, but the real nucleus of that side, plus the coach, plus even the medical staff, you know, to bring my dad into it, we're all Wakefield lads as well. So I imagine once you made a mistake, you, you could look around and you felt like you had your brothers around you anyway. 
Hundred percent, and and that's that's what we worked on. Uh, that's that, we went out together. We 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 went out, and I know it's not a big culture in terms of drinking now because the, the professional the professionalism of the game. But we went out together. We we after each training session, we'd have a few beers after each training session, and then you know on a weekend we'd go out after the game, and we were just together a lot of the time. And I have to thank my wife Tanya, you know, for standing by me throughout all that because you know rugby were one were my influence and we, we spent a lot of the time together and um like I said before right at the start of the, the podcast you know I, I see them as you know uh, kind of brothers really I'd do anything for for any one of them to this day uh, if they if they need me to do so um that's how much respect I have for for those guys it was a great period to play in. and then not too long after the uh, Yorkshire final loss mate the Australian kangaroos visited Bellevue Something that would be unprecedented today. Obviously, the touring side of things is, is long gone, but what do you remember about that night? Yeah, mate, I, I do remember uh, most of that game. And I remember um, Billy starting a lot of fights in, in Johnny Thompson. <laughs> and um, I remember trying to run in, as you do, trying to help you guys out. And I think I came up against me like Mark Gaia, who I think was six foot two, <laughs> 15 stone. And, I, and he got on me and looked at me and I just went, you know what? Forget it. Calm, calm down. Uh, but yeah, I, it was great experience. You know, we, I, I watch a lot of NRL uh, to, then and, and to this day now. And um, so that was an absolute, absolute honour to play against what I perceive as being the best rugby players uh, in the world. And, and you know, we we do try to, to catch them up and we emulate them. But they, they have just a vast vast um, plethora of players coming through it, it's, it just seems for every position there's what well, we've got two two players coming through they've got probably four players coming through and they could produce four national sides so but that side was it was other than being a total whitewash we give them a game and then they knew they'd had a game and it was a fantastic night to be involved in the crowd loved it even though every single person got drenched um, it was an absolute uh, privilege and honour to, to play against them, but just to be involved in it, you know, is it was great. That's one game I have probably watched back a, a couple of times, and I and I feel sorry for Chris Perry to this day uh, when that ball bounced on the dead ball line and bounced back in field. Maybe I should have said that, Chris. I apologise. <laughs> I know the the logistics of scheduling these days almost makes it impossible. But would you like to see the return of some sort of tour inside? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think. Having a great bit inside, just just the name um, puts a different emphasis on on the rugby league uh, itself. I don't know what it is about that name. It's just got an aura about having Great Britain going against Australia and any other country that we might come across. And, and I think it'd be great to have that. It might only have that one Welsh player in there, or uh, that Scottish player, Irish player, whoever. Uh, but it's inclusive, and I think. Even if it has only got that one in there, let's do it because representing your the Great Britain, it just it just has that aura. And, and just think about it now, you know, just makes me think, you know, that that'd just be awesome to watch to this day. I think it's something that they should bring back. Um, and, and I wish I, I think it'd be great for the game as well. I think there's a lot of people with the same mindset as me. Now, we've got written down on the notes here, Slats. I, I don't know the full story, so I'm going to ask you to elaborate. But Dad's just written the Des Hasler tackle. 
So I'm going to let you go into that, mate. I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you go into that. Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Lee. Um, <laughs> that, again, just that's when I had a little bit of pace about me, and uh, it's all about time. And I guess there's a, playing that game against Australia. Des had uh, come on, got sent within the first probably six, they went off and came back on. And Dizzy made a break, I think, it, I don't know if it was from a scrum. And um, thankfully, I think I probably gave myself enough space and, and uh, to probably gauge his line, what he's going for in that corner. And uh, it's about cutting that, using using the touch line as a, an additional man and cutting that cutting that angle. Um, I just managed to to catch him in, in the corner, uh, thankfully. Uh, so I think timing and, and, and having that youth and that pace were, were very helpful back then. I soon lost that pace back then, I don't know where it went, but I soon lost it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a highlight of that game for me, for sure. And um, yeah, I, I was quite a proud, proud young fella at that particular Excellent stuff. Uh, you, you mentioned obviously kind of linking two points in together here, but obviously like 91, 92 was when you were establishing yourself as the loose forward at Trinity. But you, you mentioned you watch a lot of NRL. Did you kind of look at other loose forwards down under and think, I want to try and model my game on him or, you know, like a Bradley Clyde, for example, or a Matt Guy you've mentioned as well, someone like that? I didn't, mate, no. Um, again, I just, I, I got played the game, uh, sorry, I played the game as I, as I got asked to play and Topo had asked me to go out there and just tackle what I could, uh, and that's what I did. Uh, but I was fortunate to have a great mentor beside me, and that was in Nigel Bell. Um, you know, the way he played the game, I, I didn't really need to look for any other inspiration anywhere else, to be quite honest. You know, when I when I play alongside certain players, I do pick things up from them. You know, Nigel Bell, you know, how he used to get himself tangled up in the tackles all the time, and how many tackles he'd make. That's one thing I tried to, to pick up from Nige. You know, you look at Ray Price, what he would do in terms of his his perseverance and his, like you keep saying, perpetual motion, just keep moving, keep moving. And then we had a, a guy called Mike Coiti who, who came to Wakefield uh, later in my last, I think it was in my last year. And even then, uh, at 24, I'm picking things up from, from Mike, you know, just about... You know, when training gets hard, switch off, you know, and uh, just do the easy things and uh, stop making it so complicated. So I try to pick things up from from people as I play alongside of them and then just just be me and just... And then when I get on the field, I don't listen, don't do any of that and probably just run around like an headless chicken probably. But mm-hmm. uh, I, loved, I, loved, I loved doing it and I loved the time I had, I had doing it. So, uh, yeah. It must have worked. Somebody, somebody must have been happy with it. Yeah, yeah. You can be 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Back to back to our sort of camaraderie in the eighties, mate. Nineteen ninety-two York School final. We've half touched on it. Tell us about your day on that day. But big play Sheffield Eagles. Yeah, mate. It's. It, uh, I think a lot of players have said it's gone. It went by in a in a, in a blink. Really, um, there was a. It was a great build-up, and the game itself, like I said, went by in a flash. I remember that try for it. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's just one one part of that try that sticks out my hand in my head. But within the space of ten minutes, I think I can think of a, an error that I made when I put my hand up for the ball. We, we were attacking down the short left hand side, and I don't know if it was Bagsy or Nice for the pass out. If I had just stopped putting my hand up there, trying to bag that second try and let Willow have it, he'd have probably gone on, on under the you know over the try line unopposed. But I tried to get it instead and, and knocked on. So with the space of 
you know, 10 minutes, I was still making, you know, still making them mistakes. Um, but it was, it was just a great day all around and, and the after party. Um, and I know it meant a lot to others, you know, um, Gary, both Gary's for, you know, their, the birth of their children on that, on that day as well. Uh, so it, it was just a great day. It was just a great day all around. And it, just playing at, playing at Leeds United and, and I remember just going that try and going in front of the fans and dancing in front of the fans. Oh, it, just, it was just, it was just immense, you know. It just, it just makes me feel. I'm smiling now, thinking about it, and um, and the, the the team photo that we had at the very end. It's got yourself on it, Barry on it, uh, as well. Uh, that that group of guys, I, I like. I, said, I can't say enough, can I? I just think, you know, so fondly of. Um, yeah, it, it was a great day, all around, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? And we had a few Australians in there as well. We were all the local lads together and you throw in Bagsy and throw in Fritzy and Peter Benson. And it was like a real sort of mix, wasn't it, of uh, different players? It was, mate. Uh, Bagsy, I keep in touch with him, Benno. Um, my eldest son, Adam, he lives in Oz now. And um, thankfully, to thanks to Bagsy, he put him up for probably the first few months. Uh, and I appreciate that, Bags. And um, so I keep in touch with him and go over to the Gold Coast. And, and catch up with them. I haven't catch up with, caught up with Fitzy yet, um, but I, have, I did have him um, on social media when I was on social media. Um, and I keep also in touch with Chris Perry. I know he wasn't in that in that final, but I keep in touch with Chris as well. And we we all caught up a, a few years ago uh, with Neil Cadigan as well. Uh, but I think the the influence of having three big time players in a local side made a made a real impact. And I think. You know, maybe that's, you know, something, you know, we the club should go back to, to, to a certain degree, you know. Having local hungry players who want to fight and die for the club and have three major, major players uh, that we can play around, you know, because they did make a big impact. We, you know, we had people like Lulu, like said Ray Price, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Adrian Shelford. I, you know, I don't want to miss anybody out. We've had that many, you know, Bagsy, to, to name but a few. Chris Perry, Chris is probably one of the best, uh, you know, country signings that's ever been seen within rugby league, I dare say. But, you know, Zip Zip, you know, Steve Ella, you know, they were, they were quality players. Um, and whilst they might have been at the back end of the career, some of them, and not all of them, I'll hasten to add, but some of them, they brought a lot to the team. And, and, and like I said, with Ray Price, it brought a, bit, a lot of belief to players, young players like myself. So I think there was something in that, uh, you know, having three major players. I'm just just moving in, you talk about the overseas players there. I was a big fan of Chris Mortimer. Yes, I thought, mate. I thought he was tough as teak and what a player he was. Mate, he, 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 I, I think, I feel sorry for Chris because I think he was unjust. I think people uh, judged him unjustly, yeah. should I say. Yeah. You know, he was a back rower. You know, and he he got put he put got put as a halfback, unfortunately, for for us. But he was a back back row through and through. Yeah. And and you're right, Chris is tough as teak. Um, just a calm bloke as well. You know, could knew how to talk to your team. Led, he was a leader, led by you know, led by example. And um, you, you know, it, it was just another player that you you just look to for for inspiration when it when it, when it were needed and. And probably people on on the in the stands don't see that, you know, what we yeah. see on the field and what we what we hear on the field as well. You know, we also had Aaron Whitaker as a halfback. He was a quality little halfback as well. 
Um, you know, we've had some great players, mate. We've had some, you know, Emmy Paul. I, I know, yeah. you know, there, there's some absolute outstanding players that we, we've had through the history of Wakefield and still to this day coming through. Players um, like players like that, the, the sport well in the dressing room, you know, they spoke up, especially Chris. He used to speak up and everybody listened. And I remember yeah. it was like, I'm thinking, wow, we're in we're in the sort of uh, in, in, in good company here. And he, he sort of even Topo sat and listened. It was that good, was uh, Chris. Mate, you, you don't play an RL and be a numpty dear. You know, no. that's how good a good a, a league it is, uh, the competition. And and the respect that players had for for each other anyway, I think it would have been the same if anybody spoke, but you're right, you know, when the backs were the to wall to the wall and, and Chris spoke, we did listen and, and we went out and we we tried to execute exactly what he'd spoken about and and mental toughness back then were were key, you know, back in the back in that area that day. And uh, and Chris certainly had a lot of mental toughness, that's for sure. He was just a, a tough all around guy. Mm. And going back yeah, to that, you know, it's 30 years now. Would you believe it's 30 years since we won the Yorkshire Cup? So we're having a, a reunion this year. Our, our past players' dinner is going to be a 30-year reunion. So we're tracking everybody down. Obviously, I've told you about it. We're at with uh, the Aussies are coming over, hopefully. So we're tracking as many down out of that seven, that 17, 15, plus the squad men as well. So we're all trying to round everybody up in uh, September. Man, yeah, that'll, that'll be a great day. And, and it's nice that, you know, Wayfield being recognised for, for the silverware that they won. But again, listening to other podcasts as well, I, you know, I feel sorry for the team that went on to win the grand final uh, against Featherstone, unfortunately, uh, who I was playing for at the time. Um, but they deserve the recognition for what they've they achieved as well. And, and without what they achieved, the club wouldn't be where it is now. And um, so, I, you know, whilst I, I, I'll accept that and I'll, I'll do it, Certainly, be there and have a few beers and, and celebrate that that centenary of that of that great game and a, and a wonderful day for me. You know, listening to the other podcasts, I do feel sorry for those guys. I just want to put it out there that you know they do deserve the accolade as well. And uh, every one of them that played. We're, that we're, game. we're we're trying to push that because we're aware of that. And uh, obviously, we had Andy Kelly on. We've had Graham Law. We've had uh, Martin Law. Plus, that's where the past players are coming back in now. Yeah. We're sort of pushing that. You walk into our past players bar, and there's now programs and a shirt and a team photo from the '98 team. So the people are coming back, like your Johnny Rays, your Andy Fishers, your Ian yeah. Hughes. They're coming back with the held the head held high now, as though yes, at last we've got some recommend recognition of what we did. Yeah, and, and rightly so. Like I say. It, Without without that achievement on that day, uh, obviously I don't want to push it too hard because I was on losing side. So uh, and, uh, and they let me know that from time to time as well. By the way, but uh, I think they they deserve every recognition because, like I said, you know, without what they achieved on that day, we wouldn't be where we are uh, with, with you know being the club that we are in Super League. You know, we are and the, the throughout the history of. of since that day, they've managed to stay in Super League as well. You know, they haven't gone out, they haven't gone back down. They've managed to stay there on their own merit as well. Uh, but, you know, congrats to the guys that achieved that on the day and to Andy for, for, his, for achieving that. And for me to say that, Lee, um, I've, I've harboured that uh, that loss for, for many a time. And I think uh, saying that, Today has been sort of my release, and uh, it's, it's like Tanya keeps telling my wife, you know, it's about time you let it go. And, yeah, you got, um, you got over it, yeah. You've got it, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I've got over it, but I'm getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, you know, 
those guys do deserve everything. It, it was a great day. It was a great spectacle. It, it was a great game. Um, I still don't understand why Francis Stevenson pretended he was a dinosaur at the end. And uh, <laughs> Fanny can answer that if you ever get Fanny on. But uh, yeah, um, apart from that day, uh, apart from that little moment, yeah, congrats to them. Good stuff. Before we leave 1992, mate, I'm just, I was always proud when players at Trinity got international recognition and you got picked for Great Britain under 21s in 1992. What's your recollection? What's your memories of uh, that time, that day? Mate, that was just uh, a different a different class altogether. That was like a, a little fish in an absolute massive pond. Uh, I remember it from the training at uh, Little Shaw, uh, I remember every little bit of it, you know, Chris Joy, being with Chris Joy. You know, uh, Phil Clark, uh, you know, there, there was a whole host of players that, you know, that I'm looking around and thinking, holy moly, what am I doing here? But, you know, uh, thankfully, a lot of it was about training hard. And um, I went about to, to, you know, let that opportunity slip. And somebody gave me, that op- you know, gave me the nod and said, look, you, you've got, you've been selected. So I, I, I trained my socks off for that. And, uh, but it was just interesting to see how the different level of training that 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 were there. Uh, so I was asked to play. Uh, sorry, I got selected to play in the. It was going to be the home game again, uh, at Halifax against France. Unfortunately, through certain injuries, um, they shuffled the team around and that didn't transpire. So unfortunately, my, my my family didn't get an opportunity to see me play. But I got selected to go on the tour to France, and we played it in France and beat France uh, in France. And yeah. You know, it, I might not have gone on to play at the senior level, uh, but that little moment of playing for your country uh, at that level, it meant the world to me, mate. And, uh, you know, that alongside the, you know, the Yorkshire Cup and, and play against Australia, probably three of the, you know, big time highlights of my career at, at Wakefield. I'm looking at the um, team, mate. You actually, you won 34-2. You were on the bench. You came on for the, 11, the last 11 minutes. Yeah. There's some great players there. Do you remember? I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm not going to quiz you on the whole team, but you've mentioned a couple. Do you remember the squad? Because it was, it's like a bit of a wow team is when you look at it. Mate, by, by all means, really often because, like I say, my memory is shocking. I, yeah. I, I seem to remember Steve, uh, Steve McCurry was in there, uh, but he was, oh, so he was in the squad. I don't know if he went to France. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'd rather you read it off to me and that. Yeah, uh, I'll Tommy it. Martin was Tommy Martin in there. Tommy Martin was he was he was on the he was on the bench with you. Uh, yeah. Full back it was Dave Michael. Yeah. Your wingers Dave Myers from Wigan and Mike yeah. Riley from St Helens. Yeah. And then the the centres Gary Connolly and Paul Newlove. Yeah. Your halfbacks Martin Pearson, Gus O'Donnell. Yeah. Your props uh, Paul Anderson who was at Leeds at the time. Paul yeah. Bon Paul Bonson Featherston. Yeah. Hooker Graham Sutherwood at Cass. Yeah. Back three, Steve McNamara, Chris Joint, Phil Clark. Yeah. And on the bench were you, Tommy Martin, Dean, Dean Busby was at Hull, Graham yeah. Alice, OKR. Yeah. Mate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every one of them were really, generally really nice players. There, there weren't anybody with, with any ego about them at, at that time. And, and I just mentioned Phil Clark. I know people call that for his commentary sometimes. But, mate, he was an inspiration. He, he made me feel so welcome. He was younger than me as well, and he made me feel so welcome to that team. And and sort of, um, I sort of hung, hung around him a little bit whilst we was in France, and uh, it, you could see he was going to be a model professional um, all the way through his career. I know it unfortunately ended uh, earlier than expected, but 
what a what a fantastic guy he was, and every one of them, Tommy Martin, Chris Joints, you know, I still know Steve McNamara. I think I could, you know, catch up with him today and still have a pint with him. Uh, it was a, it was a privilege, and that's all. I was a lucky lad, really, you know, to 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 be selected, um, and uh, I'll never forget it. You know, I've got the shirt now, so nobody can take it off me. Uh-huh. What what did you take from your time with GB under twenty ones when you went back to Trinity? Did you feel like you picked up a couple of uh, key points? Just, just the professionalism, you know, uh, the mindset, uh, and and uh, you know the, the players around you so much. Had so much experience, and you know, some of these players were playing regular at St. Helens and Wigan. And if you can't pick up anything in Leeds, you know, if you can't pick up from, from these guys, then you know, there's something wrong with you. And like I said earlier, I do pick up from some from players that I play alongside, and you know, just the out and out professionalism about everything you do, make sure you do it to your best of your ability, have that desire, that determination, um, and that drive to, 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 to do all you can whenever you're doing it and you know, whether that be just training now on my own I'm in the garage or to when I was playing on the day um, I took that mantra through 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 my career with me um, but yeah it was, it was a great great um, it was just it was just great experience I was just amazed you know Phil Wilder and um, yeah go on tell me the coach sorry um, Malcolm Reilly sorry Malcolm Reilly you know they they were hands on Malcolm used to challenge you in, in the training set in the training room for how many you know pull-ups you could do. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd physically get in there. Great. Obviously, their their reputation speaks for themselves and what they went on to do. So just a, an out and out honor, I have to say, and uh, very privileged and thankful that I, you know, I got that opportunity. Kind of the seasons after we won the Oxford Cup, mate, we're kind of languishing a bit. A couple of players left the club under a dark cloud. We, we weren't performing as well in the league. And obviously, you your time came to an end in, in late 95. What do you kind of remember building up to that in 93 and 94? Yeah, well, Top and Tiger, um, I can't remember what year they left. But once they left, it, it, did, it did open the door for just a lot of... I don't know, disorganisation or the club just didn't seem to flow for me. And, you know, there were players that I've come through with as an 18-year-old were starting to leave the club. And, and that little new, like we said, Lee's alluded to, is that the nucleus of players that I came through with and, and I have such great admiration for, they were starting to leave. And, and that made me start to question, is it my time as well? And, um, you know, the, the they were changing coaches. We had Dave Hobbs, then it was Andy Kelly and Paul Arkin, then it was Andy Kelly. Um, there were just a lot of changes and, and it was very disruptive and, and there was a, a lot of players that were coming to the club that should they have ever come. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I don't want to I don't want to call anybody out on, on, on here now, but some of the players that got signed, I you know, I question now, uh, is in my experience looking back. Uh, but yeah. It just started to become disjointed and, and I didn't like that. And so I became I started to become to become unsettled as well. So why Featherston? Um it, it was a, after we played against Featherston, and I had I'd be fair, I had a half decent game and and I think it was uh, David Ward I got talked to and he just got talked to me. We we sort of hit it off. And he said, you know, 
I'd be interested, you know, if you if you're ever looking for a move. I think it was actually Terry Morris, um, who was the money man at the time at the club. He was the backer, and then if you know, I said if you're if you're ever available, available next year, um, I'd be interested. And now that particular year, I'd fought hard to get a contract with with the club, and that that's me as a local player fighting hard to get a, a contract. And um, David came in and. Just made me feel like, give me that wow factor again, that about me, about what I could do and what I saw in my game. And I sort of, I'd lost that a little bit. And I think it's always good to, you know, every dog needs patting from time to time. And, I, and it was, and it boosted my ego a little bit, Dave, tell me what he thought of me. And I got excited about what he, he could offer me um, as, a, as a player and what he said he could do and the team that he was building at the time. And, and I said, you know, let's, let's get in touch again. Uh, later down the line and see see what prevails. Um, and, you know, things transpired that I did. I signed for first in that year after, but because I'd already uh, made my, my made my commitment to Featherston and uh, Wakefield was aware of it, they decided to let me go halfway through that season and say, right, well, you know, if you if you focus elsewhere, uh, then so be it. Uh, but mate, my like I've said at the very start. My mantra is when I'm playing, I'm all out for whoever I play for, whatever badge I've got on my chest, I'm all out. And um, it wouldn't have mattered. You know, I'd, I'd have gone to the ends of the year for Wakefield to the end of the season if, if I'd have needed to. And um, but things just, you know, the path the path you walk is, is the one that you take. And uh, it is what it is, isn't it? That's, that's, that's history now. And, and I became a first-in player for, for a few seasons. You know, it came to back. I guess you can always say it came back to back me on the arse in the end. <laughs> what what instilled that determination in you? Because you ask anyone who's a fan or a player from that era, they know that you would run your blood to water, and it's always been that case. Has that just been something from your upbringing? Did a coach tell you something in the past? Anything you like know, that? Um, I, I, like I said before, every coach gives you has some influence on you. Uh, but my main influence was always my dad. He was an out and out. Legend, he could, he could, you know, if he weren't throwing a jab, he'd be playing water polo. If he weren't playing water polo, polo he'd be footballing. And and he he just he tell me if I played right, if I, if I played well, if I played wrong. And and it's that honesty that that just drove me to just keep on trying. And every game was all about trying to do the best I could. And, and so again, it was just. Just do what you can. You just, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Jimmy. It's a, looking back and analysing myself like that. I don't know. I just went out there and did all I could for my mates around me, and, and that's that's the be all and end all. I, I, for whatever shit I, I, I was representing, for for whoever I was playing against, if I've got another twelve player, like-minded players around me, I'd bust, I'd bust my balls for them, and uh, I do that to this day. You know, if I could. So yeah, it was just I guess it was just. You know, one of those things inbuilt, I guess. You you played um, I, I, well, again. I've done the stats. You played 135 times for Trinity. But I was amazed you played 111 for Featherston as well. What were your highs at? We've talked about the '98 final, which was a bit of a, a law. But <sighs> any highs at Featherston? Any good memories and the the players you played with? No, the 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 team that I went to was a an outstanding team. You know, there was Steve Malloy, Richard Gunn. Uh, Carl Gibson, Martin Pearson. Um, I, I don't. 
Warren Wilson, and I don't want to miss many people out, you know, um, and, I, and, I, and I apologize to anybody who would happen to listen to this who might be from Philistine of that area, but um, just, just going into a team like that, there was a lot of internationals in there. And um, it, again, it, it felt a privilege to, to be involved in a team like that. And, and I generally thought we, we would go somewhere with that team, but sometimes having the best of players doesn't always make the best of sides. And, and the most successful sides, and you know, I've come to learn you, you need you need your workers in a side as much as you need your your star makers as well. Uh, so for every house that's built, you know, you can see your bricks and there your try scorers, but you also need your cement in between and there your there your tacklers and your workers. And I don't know, we had a lot of stars in that team, and maybe we just it just didn't work for us. Uh, I don't know, but you know, representing another local town club. Of course, I'm going to feel proud and honoured. You know, um, it, it was it was a great time at Philistine, and, and again, I got to to mingle with the fans. I always thought that was a, a focus, and the main point of mine was to to get to know the fans as best as I could. You know, either at Wakefield or at Featherston or wherever else I played, Rokia, uh, um, Dewsbury, get to know the fans because they'll help you out from time to time when you're feeling low or you you know you're feeling battered and bruised or you've had a shit day. Um, you know, they'll 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 pick you up. They'll come up and you know put their arm around you, have a pint with you. And um, I think it's important that you know the players do meet the fans. Uh, I don't it don't happen so much now, but you get a lot from that. And I think the fans get a lot from it as well. Mm-hmm. I I thought after that, yeah, you know, obviously all those years, eight years at Wakefield, four years at Featherston. How did Old Kingston Rovers come about? Don't worry. <laughs> John Ray, so, me, so John, John obviously came to Wakefield. I think it was my last year, and John and I have stayed friends forever. And uh, he'd become now my personal instructor. So I was asking for uh, advice on training, and that was Nicky's ideas. But yeah, John, John moved to OKR. And I don't know how that transpired for John personally, but he moved to OKR the year before, and um, he knew uh, I'm coming to the end at, at Philistine again. They were messing about. Um, are they going to offer me a contract? Are they going to offer me? They, they weren't talking to me. Then they were talking. So John said, oh, I spoke to uh, Dave Harrison. Uh, he'd love you to come down and have a chat. And um, OKI, okay, another fantastic club uh, in Heritage. And it's a club that I used to hate playing against. The fans were just manic. Uh, but playing for them, man, their fans are just wild and, and they're passionate. And uh, that's not taking anything away from the Wakefield or Philistine fans, but just, just a different, just a different level, and you can see when when you get hold of the OKR, you know the amount of, they can fill a stadium out, and so you know the uh, the hunger for rugby league down there is unbelievable. But yeah, so I got offered the opportunity, um, I I took it, and I spent two great years there, and I loved every minute of it, and, and I would have stayed there. Um, then they got a new coach, in Gary Wilkinson, and he just said. Sorry, Slats, but we, you know, we, we haven't got a place for you this year. Um, we don't see our salary being able to manage manage uh, you being in that squad, uh, even though they'd not offered me anything at the time. I, I'd have probably played for very little because I love that. I love my time there that much. I know it's a fair old drive over there, but I did I did enjoy playing my rugby there, and I think it's it's enjoyment that keeps you playing rugby. As soon as you lose the enjoyment, then um, then you start to lose that interest. 
Do you remember your Rovers debut? I don't expect you to sort of go in depth, but the scoreline jumped out at me. Um, I believe we lost. Um, I don't know who it was against. Like I say, I'm shocking. And again, this no, was my apprehension. This was my apprehension about going yeah. on the, the podcast. My my memory's yeah. absolutely appalling. So I don't know who it was against, but I know we lost. No, no, well, actually, the reason why it jumped out at me, your, your home debut, your debut was against Featherstone at home. And you oh, sorry, for Wakefield, sir. Yeah, sorry, for, uh, I'm on about uh, Old Kingston. Oh, sorry, sorry, Lee. Yeah, go, sorry. Your debut was against Featherstone at home. Yeah. And the score was two all. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't remember that? <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't. I, I, it was in. Yeah. It was in December. It was just after Boxing Day, and I'm just wondering: was it muddy? Wow. Was it rainy? <sighs> Mate, I have <laughs> not got a clue. To to all seriously. Wow. Yeah, uh, to all. Well, all I can put it down to is some great defence, right? That's right, uh, And I'll always, I'll always say that when anybody tries to compare rugby league against football, you know, I can watch 90 minutes of football, people running around, kicking a bag of air uh, for 90 minutes. And it could be nil-nil. If I watch rugby league for 80 yeah. minutes and, it, and it's even nil-nil or two all, then you've, you've certainly seen some big clashes and some big hits. So uh, henceforth, rugby league for me every day. And then your last move, mate, 2001, Jewsbury. Do you remember that? Yeah. What were your sort of memories at, uh, at, at the round? Yeah, mate. So, yeah, that was, that was funny because um, I had Wardy trying to get me to go to, to Batley. And then I had Fish trying to get me to, to uh, Jewsbury. And I've always, re- I've always admired Fish. He, he's a great bloke. And, and he's, he's a warrior in himself. Uh, and an absolute fantastic guy to, to know off the field as well. And um, he said, come down. So I, I had the romance going back to, to play for uh, Wardy as well. So I said to Dave, I said, I'll come up and I'll have a look around at Batley. And it was a cold winter's night. It was dark as hell. And they showed me around the ground and it was blowing a gale and it was just horrendous. And I thought, there's no way I'm playing here for how many seasons I've got left. And then I went down to Jewsbury and fish showed me around. It was a lot more open. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it just it just weren't uh, just didn't seem oppressive as, as as bad as what Batley felt at that time, and, and I don't want to do Batley any you know, I don't want to discredit Batley because it's got a great little stadium, um, but at the time Judy felt a little bit more um, yeah uh, a little, little less foreboding I guess, and uh, and like I said, having the opportunity to play alongside Fish and him giving me the opportunity to be assistant coach also gave me that added incentive as well because that was something I fancied at the time. Uh, and I'm glad I did it. You know, I that first year there were, was a great year and we, we were doing really well. We got a plethora of injuries and unfortunately it fell, it fell apart a little bit and we, had, we ended up having to play off to, to stay in that division. But um, I had some great, I had some great times there and, and Fish as a coach. It was just, it was just good fun. We, we, we used to play rugby for training sessions as well. So not only did you play on, on, your, on your Sunday, on your Tuesday, we'd have another game of ta- would tackle each other uh, again, and just just to I don't know, just try and probably talk one another. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it there. I have to say, uh, the last year it, it did work out so well. I started to lose lose a little bit of love for the game. Um, we weren't doing so well, and I started to fall out of the game a little bit. And I had a car accident, and so that was it. That gave me the opportunity to say, look, enough's enough. Um, but I wish I hadn't really because. I then continued to to play amateur for a little while at Turp Normanton and Johnny Ray got me at Stanley Rods for a couple of seasons as well. 
so uh, I don't know why I just didn't come in and play after all. Saying, how did you find that slash? You know, like you say, you played a bit of union, you played a bit. Of, it's a good standard as well down at Normington. So you weren't just slinging a ball around the park. You must have been. A, you must have been getting stuck in again. Mate, yeah, that that's just that's just my mantra, isn't it? Like we've established throughout this 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 chat, wherever wherever I'm playing, whatever shirt I've got on, I'll just throw myself out there and just get stuck in. And uh, I loved it. There was. We 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 were doing quite well actually, and in fact we we did well in the Challenge Cup, whereby we got to a game where we were going to play Witness at Witness uh, in the Challenge Cup, um, and I, I just thought at that stage it, this would be a great opportunity for to allow some of the other players who've never had that op, uh, opportunity to to play at that level. So I stepped I stepped back uh, from from playing and. Um, so, so all the players could get that opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, we lost them. And that was obviously probably, you might say, going to be the outcome. But again, whatever game I've ever played in, there's never an outcome until until it's happened. So for me, you still go into that game thinking that you can win. And, and the guys that played that game did themselves proud. The players themselves did themselves proud. And um, they loved every every second of, of that opportunity to play against a professional side. So, uh, yeah, it, I played, I think I played, I don't know, maybe, I tried to get to 40. And uh, and I think I, I was 39, started to pick up a, a, an injuries. So I went back to my old self, Lee, and I started picking a few injuries and tennis saying, you know, should you not now retire? Like, no, not yet. I'll get to 40, I'll get to 40. And I was at 39 and we had one game and it was a split in a hot day like today. And I came off and, and I was sat there in the changing room and I'm thinking, geez, my heart's racing. And, I'm feeling a bit dizzy and I'm thinking, oh shit, I don't, oh, I don't feel right here. And in hindsight, in hindsight, it was probably just dehydration. But after that day, it, it knocked me to the side a little bit. It was a time when of the unfortunate thing that happened to Topo when there was Adam Routini's situation. And I thought, you know, what am I doing? What am I trying to prove at, at, at 40? You know, so um, I called it a draw. Um, however, I have had a couple of games since uh, either in Masters or just uh, charity games. So, but they're just one loss. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite get to 40. But I, my advice to anybody out there is just play as long as you can because it's soon over and, you're, and it's a long time over. And you've got a couple of lads you play as well, is that right? Yeah, mate, I've got two boys, both had uh, a little stint at Wakefield. It uh, didn't quite work out for them. Um, Adam, my oldest, he, he signed for, for Wakefield. He just needed that bit of additional experience and they needed that from alternative clubs and at the time that they asked me it, unfortunately it just didn't work out you know um, we didn't get him we didn't get him a club but I had contacts in Austell uh, Cal, I knew Carl Briggs who, another Wakefield player he was coaching at Bailey Bears and, and I said to Wakefield are you happy for me to send him out there for a year uh, so he could get that experience and come back like I said I've always thought you know playing it in Oz would have been great for any level I mean I had the opportunity even at country level myself playing for Chris Perry's team up in uh, Burdekin and um, so I thought this would be a great opportunity for Adam nine years later obviously uh, he's still there and um, he just fell in love with the, the country the, the lifestyle and um, went and moved on to a side called World Goga and then moved on to a successful team called uh, Grafton Ghost uh, where they've had some success in, in um, 
winning a couple of grand finals. And then my my youngest son, Jack, he was in the academy at uh, Wayfield, uh, sorry, in the junior setup coming through. Um, but it just didn't work out for Jack. He, he got set, you know, they said he, he weren't they weren't developing as 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 much as what they'd like. Um so it just didn't work out for him. And then he came back and, and went to Normanton. And of course that was a massive disappointment for them both, I guess. But I just said, look, why do we start playing rugby in the first place? And the reason why we start playing rugby is because we enjoy doing it. Uh, we we do it for the love. We 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 enjoy playing with our mates and just go just go back to that. Go back to playing with your mates and enjoy doing it for for the love. And and they did. Uh, they got their heads around it eventually, and, and now they love it. They don't they don't care. They just love playing rugby with the mates, and and that's. I guess if if nothing else that it takes away from that, just don't forget that you know that's the reason why we start playing the game because we like to play with our mates and we would do it. We would do it for nothing, in the first instance, mm-hmm. and um, you know let's not forget that. Now we did have, we did have a fans question online slats just in regards to this, and it was the one Jack. A certain Jack Slater asked, "Who's your favourite son?" <laughs> <laughs> See, when I told you that they started, I'm not going to answer that question. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to answer that. I don't. Have, I, in, in all genuine honesty, I don't have a favourite. I don't have a favourite. Um, I'm so proud of them both, what they've achieved, and who and who they are to this day. Uh, that's 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 the main thing that I'm proud. And, and when people speak to them. They they'll say to me that you've got two nice young fellas there, so that's what I'm proud of. Super. <laughs> and uh, and just to round off, we're just going to do a, a few quick fire questions, mate. You might have answered a couple of these already within the podcast, but we'll uh, yeah. we'll think of some on the spot, mate. So, what what's kind of your standout game for Trinity in, in all um, you know 135 games that you've done? Um, they'd have to be two really, uh, and that'd be the Yorkshire Cup final and. and and I know you wanted one, Jerry, and I apologise, but I'm not going to throw two in there. And the Aussie game, because it just meant so much. Excellent stuff. What's the what's the best ground you've played at? Do you know what? For ground itself, I love Bellevue. I love the field at Bellevue. I just love the I love it. You know, I don't care what's on the outsides. I just love the field. I just love it at Bellevue. Do you keep all your memorabilia or any memorabilia? I've got two shirts out there. I've got, uh, I've got a shirt. I've got me grand, me sorry, Yorkshire Cup shirt. I've got me Great Britain shirt. I've got an old OKR shirt, and I've got an old Burdekin Bears shirt. Uh, and the Burdekin are the team that I went to play for, Chris Perry uh, in uh, over in Oz there, and when he offered me the opportunity to play, because Chris is obviously he's my he's Adam, he's he's Adam's uh, godparent, Chris and Sue. So yeah, was, me, yeah. me and Dave George went over for a season, and he went back uh, another couple of seasons. Actually. Is there a, is there a standout? You you weren't you, you played three hundred and twenty eight games in your whole career. You only scored thirty three tries. Yeah, um, you, you weren't a standout try scorer. <laughs> but you got sixteen for Trinity. Is there a standout one? You, is the one you remember? <clears throat> yeah, I, again, I think we've we've already alluded to it. The the Arch Cup final one. It stands yeah. out like you know like nothing else. Just that that. I can relive it to this day, you know, the nice kicking through, me collecting that ball, you know, that one-handed pass, how it stuck to me and I don't know, and then having a good fortune and speed to get around uh, to, to get around Gary Jack, um, you know, it just, yeah, just, you know, just great, a great day, great, great standout moment for me in my career, that. 
You yeah, I was like to say, I was more of a try stopper than a try scorer, that's for sure. <laughs> I think I, I think I dropped more over the line. I remember Gary Price passing me one ball right on right right on Leeds Leeds uh, line that we played Leeds at Leeds. I think we ended up drawing on the back of that because of that. I dropped it over the line. <laughs> Never mind. You, you were known as a bit of a tough nut yourself, Slats, but who were the who were the toughest opponent you ever played against? Hey, yeah, mate. I, you know, um, there's been there's been a lot of players. And Witness used to produce a lot of them. And the Young brothers were, were a couple of players that I used to think, wow, they're, they're tough guys. And if you give it them, sorry, if they give it you, they expect it back. But the toughest of the toughest were a guy called Roy Agatha at St. Helens. And, uh, mate, he was hard as nails. Um, I'm, I could be right in saying that I think he's passed now, and God bless him. But um, he was he was a, just a tough nut. He was just a no-nonsense back rower. And, um, and I... To this day, I'll never forget that. He was just, just a hard, hard bloke to play against. And uh, yeah, so he's the, he's the toughest guy, mate. He'd run through a brick wall, wouldn't he? He wouldn't stop. He'd just run yeah. it, knees up, elbows out, and he just. <laughs> now, we've had some tough guys, you know, at our place, we, you know, the likes around him, what have you, but um, mate, he was just phenomenal. He was a great player as well, uh, a great attribute uh, to, to rugby league and, 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 and you know, for, for St. Helens. Uh, but yeah, tough, tough as nails. <clears throat> dare, dare I ask who the most talented player you've played alongside at Trinity with? Do you, uh, you, you dare ask, and and I'd have to. I could follow this over and say so many people just to to make to make people feel good. But you know what, Mark away to me. <clears throat> um, he just he just he was calm under pressure. He had the skills. <clears throat> he had a great kicking game. And it was just a pleasure to play alongside of Mark. And, you know, Nige coming through, obviously he showed what skills he had and that never eventuated. But for me, Mark Conway probably without a shadow of a doubt. And last of all, mate, life these days, what do you do that makes you happy? Are you a happy man? Are you content with life these days? Yes, mate, I, I'm a happy man. I'd be even a happy man if I weren't working. But, uh, mate, I, I'm a team leader at Yorkshire Water. I manage a group of engineers. I absolutely love doing it. Uh, and in my spare time, uh, Terry and I go as far, go walking with the dog. Uh, we just come back from Northumberland, and then I, I train as much as possible to try and keep keep myself relatively fit and, and in some kind of condition. John Ray will probably say I'm not in any shape uh, where that he'd expect me to be, but I try my hardest, John. Um, <laughs> that's all I can do. So yeah, mate, just just you know, get spending time with Terry, walking the dog, and. Uh, just be carefree, you know, being carefree and just, um, so as long as I can still train a little bit, so I'm still very vain. <laughs> <laughs> Lass, it's been a pleasure to have you on, mate. We mentioned right at the start of the podcast, every time we've had kind of that class of 92 on or the Wakefield nucleus, they always have got a fantastic word about you. They always say exactly the same stuff. You run your blood to water. You're always determined, always stuck your hand up and you've, you've, be, you've got a good crack, so... I'm very sure this podcast is going to be very, very popular amongst the public out there. And thank you so much for coming on. No, but it's James, and to you both, Lee as well. Lee, you've been at my side, and, and I thank you for that for, for forever because, geez, you, you must have had some uh, your work out for you at that time in your earlier career. But uh, no, thanks to you both for, for offering me the opportunity. Like I said, I was very hesitant, uh, but I'm glad I've done it now. I've enjoyed it. I, I won't listen to it back because I hate the way I sound on the. On, uh, microphone but uh, it's been an absolute honour and a privilege I say um, representing Wakefield in any shape way or form um, I'm a proud man 
Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to episode 41 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. You can find us all on podcasting platforms worldwide. Follow us on Facebook under the Wakefield Trinity Heritage banner and Twitter at WT Heritage Pod for further information. Massive thank you once again to my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson, and thank you very much to Richard Slater. I have been Jamie Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road. Hi, it's Cammy Triscomara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable.